Hello and welcome to Hardcover Hose, a long-distance book club where two book lovers express their feelings on their book of the moment via podcast. I am one half of your host, Sam Dixon. And I'm Sammy Skorstad. Together we have combed through book talk, combined our to-be-read lists, and now we intend to make our way through them one book at a time. We'd love for you to come along with us and join the discussion. The book of the moment for today's episode is Bad Luck Bridesmaid by Allison Rose Greenberg. Just a forewarning for those of you listening, this is not a spoiler-free zone. We will be discussing this book in all of its glory, which of course includes revealing the ending. And today's episode is going to be a little different because we have the honor of being joined by the author herself, Allison Rose Greenberg. Welcome to the pod, Allison. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> of course. Allison is a screenwriter who lives in Atlanta, but is quick to say she was born in New York City. While attending the University of Southern California, Allison took her first screen- screenwriting class and fell head over heels. A journey from screenwriting led to marketing jobs before coming full circle back to her first love. Allison speaks fluent rom-com, lives for 90s WB dramas, cries to Taylor Swift, and is a proud single mom to her two incredible kids and one poorly trained dog. (laughs) Bad Luck Bridesmaid is her first novel. Before we jump into discussing our own thoughts and feelings regarding this book, I'm going to go ahead and read through the blurb on the back of the book for the sake of contextualizing it. Quote, it's official. Zoe Marks is the cursed bridesmaid that no engagement can survive. Ten years, three empire waist dresses, and zero brides have walked down the aisle. After strike three, Zoe is left wondering if her own ambivalence towards marriage has rubbed off on those she loves. And when her building distrust of matrimony accumulates in turning down a proposal from her perfect all-American boyfriend, Rylan Harper III, she and Rylan are both left heartbroken, leaving Zoe to wonder, what is it exactly about tying the knot that makes her want to run in the opposite direction? Enter Hannah Green, Zoe's best friend, who announces that she's marrying a guy she just met Q Iroll at a castle in gorgeous romantic Ireland where Ryland will be in attendance and Zoe will be a bridesmaid. It'll be fine. Okay, the woman definition of fine, not fine. <laughs> determined, to, <laughs> determined to turn her luck around, Zoe accepts her role and vows to get Hannah down the aisle. All while praying her best friend's wedded bliss will allow her to embrace marriage and get back get Ryland back. But as the weekend goes on, Zoe is plagued with more questions than answers. Can you be a free spirit yet still want a certain future? Can you have love and be loved on your terms? And how do you wrangle a bossy falcon into doing your bidding? (laughs) Without further ado, let's get into it. Okay. So I actually got an arc of uh, your novel, Bad Luck Bridesmaid, in September from NetGalley. Shout out to NetGalley. Um, (laughs) And I absolutely devoured it in one night um and then i dm'd you at like two in the morning on twitter (laughs) (laughs) and here we are (laughs) so we're super excited uh the second i finished it i told sammy i was like i cannot wait for january for this book to come out so you can also read it and experience the feelings i'm feeling currently and all the feels all the feels and sam was also like Sammy, you are this character. <laughs> she was like, you are going to relate so heavily to this In the character. nicest way possible. Yes. No, that no. is a compliment, okay? Yes. That is yes. the highest compliment. Yes. <laughs> and then this, pa- I got it a couple, mm, like, I think the month it came out. And then I read it for this, obviously. And I think 
I did relate very heavily to Zoe and my heart was just kind of in my stomach like the whole time like just the heartbreak hit a little little close to home and it was just like oh god this hurts but it was so good and so yeah I I very much enjoyed this story Duh, that makes me so happy, and I'm sorry for the pain. <laughs> it's okay. Pain. It was good. It was a good kind of pain. <laughs> pain nonetheless, but it was still good. I uh, I went through to, like, reread. Now that I have a physical copy of it, I went through to reread it just, like, briefly last night and transfer my notes from my Kindle over to my physical copy. And uh, I just found myself absolutely crying the last, like, oh. 30 pages of the book. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I can't re- – I forgot how hard this hit, <laughs> like, the last bit. It um, was painful to write at times, I have to yeah. I have to say. Definitely, I, I – the writing the, um, the manuscript, I think there was a couple moments at coffee houses where I was like, oh, my God, if someone's watching me right now, they're going to think my grandma died. Like, they're oh. going to be like <laughs> – um but it was it was painful it was painful the 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 ending ending was less painful but getting there yeah yeah you know yeah yeah absolutely um so we as our listeners know we never plan um guest episodes well and we go with the flow um but (laughs) we actually kind of planned some questions this time around Mm -hmm. Uh, so I don't know, Sammy, how many do you have? Cause I can reduce my list. I just have more like general things I want to know about, like the writing process, inspiration for the book, the characters. Um, Sam, I think you went a little more specific with questions. Uh, Not not really. I I also have pretty general ones. Um, do you want to start or what? Yeah, I just, so Allison, I just kind of want to know the, did you have a traumatic experience being a bridesmaid? (laughs) (laughs) So where did the inspiration come from? It's a great story. So my um, now TV agent, when I first met with CAA, I have a couple agents there. And on the TV side, these two women who I love, um, one of them, you know, she read something I wrote. She's like, I think you can crack this for me. I've been a bridesmaid in two weddings and neither bride has made it down the aisle. I'm starting, you know, and I'm single and I'm getting a complex. And I was like, oh, my God, you're bad luck bridesmaid. And she goes, "Uh uh-huh. And just stared at me. I was like, "Uh uh-huh. Um, oh my gosh! And then I wrote it as a short story a few months later, and just you know, I was like, well, "How can I make?" I'm divorced, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I got married at 26, and sort of the Hannah mentality, the marriage of like fairy, t- you know, believe mm-hmm. in it and love. And my parents are super, like, super duper soulmates, and um, and so I was like, "How can I sort of make my f- my feelings about if I ever want to get married again, and sort of how I feel about marriage now versus how I felt about marriage then into this." how can we have a bigger conversation about women while I'm writing about something that on the surface might sound just like a rom-com, right? Bad luck bridesmaid. How can I make mm-hmm. this bigger, deeper? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, you know, I think I would take this personally if it happened to me three times. And, and I think if I was always ambivalent towards marriage, how, what would happen if the right person got down on one knee? And I have a few girlfriends who are at this space of, I love who I'm with. I'm very terrified of getting married. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's not a normal thought. And I don't feel comforted mm-hmm. by society in having that thought. Is there something wrong with me when clearly there's not, you know, everyone feels differently about marriage. But I, I took that as sort of the backbone of bad luck bridesmaid. And, um, and then randomly, you know, I think I just men sort of say that women, when they say a woman is complicated, it's this like negative Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I sort of wanted to celebrate complicated woman. I think that was the backbone 
of Bad Luck Bridesmaid was how do I take someone who thinks this is a flaw and turn it into something that you know makes her stand up straighter at the end. So most times when you have a character, you have an arc, right? You're like, they start mm-hmm. out this way and they end this way. And I wanted her arc to be like, she starts out like when, when you really meet her, she's confident. She knows who she is. She knows what she wants. She, you know, there's a little bit of this like tug about it's strange that I don't feel this way towards marriage, but she still is, you know, doesn't, she thinks of herself very highly. And I wanted her to think of herself as highly in the end, but with this very sort of confident um, view on where she stands with marriage. So her arc, you know, it was sort of about a woman coming full circle and really owning, owning mm-hmm. herself. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, love I that. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, jinx. Jinx. <laughs> jinx. Sam and Sammy jinx. In that regard too. So I know you said um, this like kind of started as a short story, but at what point did, cause I start a lot of writing projects and then I abandon them less than a quarter of the way through them. <laughs> um, <laughs> call it a commitment <laughs> issue. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but how did you know that like when you had this short story that this, you know what, this could be a novel. I think well, I, I could make it bigger. So I wrote it as a short story, interesting enough to take it out to producers so I could adapt it into a screenplay. Um, oh. So I could have, so I could have IP and intellectual you know, property. So I could have it, own it, and they could know my voice and I could say, yeah, I'm going to adapt this. And as I got to page 35 and I was at what is now the, the bar scene in the book, which is when they're in Ireland and Celine Dion is playing, <laughs> I ended it, I ended it there and it ended actually on a kiss between Zoe and Ryland, which um, in the book is, there's no longer, a ki- there's not a kiss there. Mm. Um, and we went out with that. And I, when I emailed it to my team, I was like, I'm so sorry. I think I, I think I accidentally wrote a book and I was joking. And then I had a book agent, like, you know, a week later. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I didn't have a choice. I really did have to finish <laughs> it because I pitched it. I sold it to working title. They, they, um, I adapted it into a screenplay for them. And at the same time, I wrote it as a manuscript, you know, 300 page manuscript to go out with. And um, St. Martin's Press loved it. And so I, I had no choice but to follow through, actually, which is great, which is great. Yeah. And I wanted to. It was the fastest I think I've ever written something. Um, I think I just Zoe's voice was so clearly in my head and so clearly a part of me that it, it was very it, it it was it was so easy. And I say that as a way of flinging my head against the wall. Cause I'm on book number two for St. Martin's press right now. And it has, I, I realize how much of like wildfire bad luck bridesmaid was. Cause it's much harder. Mm-hmm. And I've heard this from a lot of writers <laughs> that book number two can be, can be much harder, but it flew out of me. And I, I think I had no choice, but to finish it for many reasons. Mm-hmm. Oh, how exciting. I know, that's now, awesome. Is book, uh, am I allowed to add? number two related at all to the universe of bad luck bridesmaid or is it you know what? a smarter woman a smarter woman would have done a sequel <laughs> i have abandoned it's so funny i started writing book number two i got 40 pages in and it was like kind of it was a pandemic and it was dark and it was straight up drama and i was like you know what and it was beautiful it was 40 beautiful pages <laughs> i called me or I called my uh, editor and i'm like so i'm gonna pitch you another idea and she was like yeah if you want to you know abandon all these pages sure I was like I'm going to so I am it is a it's it is there will be no question that this is a romance I know that is a a question between bad luck bridesmaid is this a female fiction is Mm -hmm. it romance this one is romance it is Mm. a love triangle it is about a woman who's 35 who is sort of staring down the edge of her dream that's as much as I can give you but um then deal two different men in her (laughs) life kind of 
not show up, but the door sort of open um, with them. So, uh, but it's, it's, I, I kind of, part of me wishes it was a sequel because I think that would have been, <laughs> would have flown out of me just as easily as Bad Luck Bridesmaid. But I, I would love to one day revisit Zoe. Um, I, I feel like I miss her already. So, yeah. You know what? You had me at Love Triangle, too. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> it's always exciting to read. Um, so I – do you have your – did your best friend, Hannah – so you're the Hannah in the book. Do you have your your Hannah in real life that you drew inspiration from? <laughs> yeah. I had a – growing up in Knoxville, Tennessee, my friend Molly was like that person who – who knew, you know, we were at each other's homes every weekend. We were, you know, best of best. And I moved a bunch of times growing up. So it was a little harder for me to have that, like that person every weekend. Um, once right. I got into age 10 and above, but that was, she's, and I were still best friends. She was kind of one of those people to me, but I think I have now a lot of Hannah's, which is not a lot, but like a handful of Hannah's, if that makes sense of people <laughs> yeah. who, if something goes wrong, they're like, at my front door in two seconds, which is in adulthood, you know, when you live on a cul-de-sac, you just end up having, you end up having your Hannah's. Um, mm-hmm. But there was, it was inspiration from, I would say, you know, growing up in a very small town and having that one friend who, who knew you and got you. And mm-hmm. I was also not an only child. And I think for me, it mm-hmm. was important to create these two only children who really, really leaned on each other for sort of almost more more family than I would more sister relationship even than it right. would be a best friendship if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely so. saw a bit of uh, me and Sammy in Zoe and Aww. Hannah. I don't know, like that, especially the scene on the lifeboat. That yeah, was just, yeah. that was yeah. just so something I could see me and Sammy doing. <laughs> I adored that scene, and I'm I... absolutely the one who takes off the dress. Yeah, yeah. and who's the one who has the Xanax in the in the bottom of the? I'm all, Sammy. Sammy has actually had to give me a Xanax before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was my own Xanax, but she knew where to look. Knew yeah. where to I saw her. It, so. I took one look at her. And I'm like, "Where's where's your bottle? Where's I'm gonna yep. go get it for you?" Like, so good. You saw the panic before it happened. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I think yeah. that actually very. Very much reminded me of that. I also just love the concept of a purse Xanax. Like that's so funny to me. Yeah, yeah you have. I you have. I have like purse Advil, purse Xanax. Yep. Yeah, hundred percent. You, you never to. know what this world is going to bring you. You have to be prepared. Absolutely. Look at what we're in right now. If you don't have purse Xanax, exactly. I'm just you're doing very, very well. And yeah, the, like and that's yeah. It, it's <laughs> alarming. Mentally stable. It is alarming <laughs> if people are doing very well right now. So I, I actually think that means you're not well. I think you're not yeah. paying attention if you're doing well okay you're yes. pretending you have no issues not exactly. trying to help your own issues that you yes. have exactly. i also just think it's so funny how much overlap um we have allison like we are both from southern california originally mm-hmm. but we also both lived in new york for a while uh mm-hmm. and my best friend from college is from murfreesboro tennessee stop it yeah dead ass oh my so god that's really funny that's really funny so right yeah you, you get a lot of you you understand a lot of the world when you've lived in like Knoxville, Tennessee, when you lived in mm-hmm. New York, when you lived in Atlanta, when you lived in LA, when you, you know, when you've, when you've lived yeah. in these very different states where you have best friends, which is kind of like living there because you understand them. Right. Like you, it, when you have a best friend who lives in a different town, you know the high schools. Like it's just this thing yeah. that happens where mm-hmm. you, yeah, you feel like you grew up there even if you didn't. So absolutely. Yeah. And my brother uh, lives in uh, Georgia. So I was like, whoa, oh. we have all, we have a lot of crossover. Yeah. Right now. Uh, but anyways, uh, <laughs> just a, uh, an aside. 
So when you were writing Zoe's character, did, was she just something like your brain conjured up or were, when you were putting things in, were you like, yeah, she's a bit of me like that? Because yeah, obviously she's, she's a Taylor she's stan, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which we this... respect our Lord and Savior. Our Lord and Savior. Yes. Which is, that is my religion, by the way. And, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, she is like 90% me. I would say okay. she <laughs> is, she is just Yes. Anyone who knows me very well and read it was like, so this is you. Guys who dated who read it were like, so this is you. I'm like, okay, thanks. Yeah, she's she's me. I I don't think I'm as strong where her feelings are. I I feel like I would have married Rylan. um, Okay. In my early, early 30s. Um, Yeah, now I wouldn't. Okay. (laughs) that's Um, fair but she's me yeah she's oh she's about 90 percent probably like probably also like 30 percent cooler let's let's (laughs) you always want to write the wittier cooler version of yourself oh i absolutely felt like i related too hard to zoe like her cool aspects are like but it not in a i'm cool way in a i wish i was cool way you know what i mean um, yeah. But also, yeah. I just, I just really was like, you were in my head with this novel a lot of times. Like, even when they're in, uh, when they first get to Ireland, and she's having um, like kind of a gin and tonic with elderflower. Yeah, that is Sam. my drink. That's my drink. Like, Stop Sammy it. can attest to this. When I go into a bar, I, I know in, your can order. I a, can I get a gin and tonic with a splash of Saint Germain? And a mm-hmm. lime or a cucumber? Like, that's my drink. So and I was like, for oh my special God. nights, special nights, you get <laughs> Hendrix. That's true. I love a good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's my drink. That's so I was like, okay, that was a little too close to home there, Allison. <laughs> what do you get out of my head, please? Sorry, I'll turn off. I'll turn off the webcam to your house. Right. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm about to go cover everything with a sticky note. <laughs> she totally has weird. access to your Alexa. That's what's happening. That's, 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 that's true. I'm packed in. Yep. <sighs> <sighs> okay. Same. So, we got. Sorry. Okay. Okay. So I, I think I was looking for. I think just with the the music that Zoe listens to, obviously, in her, like, the angsty get it out type of thing that kind of came from her early teen years. So you have that aspect, which really just reminded me of, like, the early 2000s, you know, rom-coms and also, like, the coming-of-age movies that really featured that music very heavily. Yeah. And so I was looking for, like, rom-com bits and, like, or, like, bits and pieces of inspiration from, like, very popular rom-coms, I think. And so I was wondering if there, what, I, let's just talk rom-coms, I guess. Let's What's your it. favorite no, rom-com? What, yeah. I mean, that is like, that's just like asking me to talk about my favorite subject. Um, okay. That Taylor Swift, <laughs> I think we can go on. We, 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 yes. might, we <laughs> might need five hours, Sam and D- um, Deal. <laughs> so for this one, you know what? In the back of my mind for this one, a lot of it, and I'll tell you why it was in the back of my mind, was my best friend's wedding. And the okay. reason it was, and it's not, this movie doesn't, not movie there's a movie side of this so this book doesn't necessarily resemble it but what it does resemble is someone going to a wedding who has her own selfish wants and needs that they're putting before their close friend Mm -hmm. and I needed to make sure that Zoe wasn't the villain of this story which is easier in a book than it is in a movie because you have internal monologue in a book right you Mm -hmm. you can get your character to the place where you understand that she's doing these things and you know why she's doing them even if you don't just even if you love Hannah and you're like this isn't right for Hannah right um but I think my best friend's wedding is one of those that is for me when writing it I kept thinking about but as far as favorites like pretty much anything with 
Hugh Grant, like anything working title did with Hugh Grant <laughs> is like, you know, um, you know, Naughty Hill, the proposals, like mm-hmm. an all time or two. I, I, 27 dresses I love, 10 things I hate about you I love. Um, I, I could just, I, I own them, like any Nancy Myers movie. When Harry Met Sally is one of my all time favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I'm a like rom com enthusiast. Like, I love that. I respect that. Yeah, yeah, I love a, all of those. I, they're the movies I want to rewatch over and over mm-hmm. and over again. It's comp- think, oh, the holiday, the holiday. Oh, oh my god, that one's so good. I, mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, that's so my good. Christmas holy grail. I think. Yeah, that's like it could be ninety degrees in May, and I'll I'll put on the holiday. That too. That too. <laughs> yes. I think the proposal was my oh. first like rom com love because I think so I, like good. like young. I mean, I'm 23, so I think watching that, like, the year it came out, I was like, oh, my God, Ryan Reynolds, who, yeah. who oh. is this man? He it was, was an shirtless, oh, the yeah. abs. And, like, now it's like, okay, that's the straight man's, like, man. oh, every girl loves Ryan Reynolds. And it's my like, son well, told yeah, me that but... is his crush right now. He's, like, more than any girl. Like, he, what, so just so you know, my 10-year-old son is, is where you are with Ryan Reynolds when you first saw Ryan Reynolds is where my 10-year-old son is right now. Oh, my He's God. Maybe because it's of Deadpool, awakening. but still. It's oh, yeah. Totally, true. True. Like, it is. I mean, he. I feel like he, you know, it's funny because I was like, I don't know what that says about you, Max, but I'm like, I think he actually, like, crosses gender. Like, anyone he can look really at him and just be like, holy shit, you're a beautiful man. Yeah. <laughs> there is so much on, like, TikTok and stuff of, like, Girls who will go up, like, especially, like, frat parties and stuff, like, they'll go up to guys and they'll say, who is, like, the most attractive man? And they're like, oh, Ryan Reynolds, for sure. For <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah, because he's funny, too. Like, it's mm-hmm. like you you feel like he's a guy's guy, but he's also just, like, nice and beautiful and loves his face. You know? Yes. Ryan yes. Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan, he's so Ryan funny. Reynolds, and he's man. so in tune with his emotions. We recently both listened to – he was on uh, John Scarlet. and Hank Green's podcast. And – uh, he's just so funny. He's just like so emotional. He's like saying how like his best means of communicating like his feelings and stuff. And I'm like, yes, that's what we want. Yes, yes, <laughs> we we want we want a man who who can tell us how they feel mm-hmm. without Absolutely. without taking it out on us. Yes. Absolutely, Absolutely. Um, <sighs> so in regards to rom coms, then I guess do you have like do you have like a favorite uh, romance book? Mm. Ooh, ooh, that's hard. Yeah, um, agree. <laughs> I feel like the old school Emily Giffen books were were the first ones I really like romance that I got my hands on. Okay. Um, it's funny. I think the first, my first like favorite book that wasn't school, you know, mandated <laughs> was Summer Sisters, which you know is really about female friendship, but the guys in it are also. I don't know if you've read it, it's Judy Bloom. It's it, oh, it's probably just, then. Yeah. So I would strongly suggest it. It's in, but it's about female friendship and two okay. very different women. Um, and the summers they go away together, and the guys they meet. But I think romance, like straight up romance, I, I think like um, something borrowed. Okay, was something borrowed by Emily Giffen was like the first. I mean, it, one of the first ones I read where I was like, all I want to do is not read romance. It just clicked it for me. I'd been like reading. I don't know why didn't dive into romance prior but it just it was sort of I was like I like of course I would like this all I do is watch rom-coms why wouldn't I want to read rom-coms like what you know mm-hmm. what part of yeah. me wouldn't want to go there um so was, that's like one of the first ones I think I read where I went oh I could just continue reading this forever 
I love that. <laughs> something borrowed. That's what I, I immediately went to something borrowed during the, any time that um, Zoe and Hannah were like dancing it out kind of. And I thought back to the scene in something borrowed in the movie specifically where um, Rachel and Darcy were like, did their full like dance routine in the, um, in their living room. And I was like, oh my gosh, I see like a little bit of a rom-com. And I was like, so excited to make that connection. (laughs) No, that's so funny. I think it's like our subconscious just picks up like things we've read and loved. And, um, but also like I just, music was my safe place growing Mm -hmm. up of just the place I would rage and, and, you know, get my emotions out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So speaking of music, if I may, sorry, Sammy, I know Mm -hmm. I'm stealing your question moment. Um, so just uh, Hank Green recently revealed that every time you put a lyric in a book, you have to pay for it. So it's not necessarily true. It's actually so it's from what I understand, it's actually if you put more than two lines oh. in a book, I think it's fair use. So I believe okay. if it's just like two verses. You're OK if it's more from what I because my book number two is a, it's she's a singer songwriter. It is so so much music and lyrics um and i had to write my own which is a whole nother um situation but yeah yeah but i you know there was a time where i had like three verses and i've it's been kind of asterisks there that said um (laughs) you know let's keep it to two for fair use i think we are fine. It's also, I believe I saw that TikTok with him where he was, where yeah. was layers where he's like, oh yeah, anytime I've ever read, I've ever read like a lyric in a book, I've been super satisfied and you know, it's the same as playing it. Like it's crazy to me. Like if you read, if you read lyrics mm-hmm. in a book, you want to go play the song. Like it, yeah. there's mm-hmm. no, it's going to be completely advantageous for artists to be like, hey, you can use up the five verses of my song. Mm-hmm. Clearly this is not the same as listening. It's wild to me. It's if anything, it just causes someone to go to Spotify to play the song, right? You're yeah. like, I haven't thought about Fast Car in years. I'm gonna go play yeah. that song, or oh, like Alanis, I'm gonna go listen to You Learn. Like if you don't, you don't sit there and go, I'm satisfied now. Now I'll ne- now I will not listen to that song that I was going to today, but I read it, so that's good. Yeah, I work in in intellectual property law, and oh, we man. don't we don't I don't think we have any clients that deal with like. Um, like lyrical based stuff but i've also I, just been like please taylor come sue me like honestly right i would welcome that <laughs> exactly exactly consider it an autograph when she signs the legal papers like, too right I, honestly i'd be like whatever just take take my life savings it's fine because <laughs> you have a lot of lyrics in this book and i was i was just thinking throughout because i i didn't know the, the two line rule but i was like was there a moment where you were did you have more than this and you were like oh i, I sure gotta did cut that. gotta cut that we did we did cut well there wasn't there was the first draft definitely had any song mentioned in there may have had a verse and it was like Mm -hmm. okay we can pull this out (laughs) pair this down clearly I listen to music when I write and clearly it's a very (laughs) cinematic thing to to want to just have music in there um but yes we had more but I made sure it was you know just a verse uh, you know a line of a song and not because also you don't want to take someone too far out yeah of it but at the same time I'm like if you don't like the music in here you're probably not gonna like my book it's probably not my kind of person you don't need to read this and it wasn't like you know I'm not trying to be like a starving artist I'm gonna die on this hill but like dude if you don't like Tracy Chapman and Alanis like don't even fucking open my book don't true. even <laughs> true <laughs> 
Before we move on to discuss the rest of Bad Luck Bridesmaid, let's listen to a quick word about the brand sponsoring today's episode. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. All right, let's continue the conversation. Sammy, go ahead. Okay, so I... I, you know what I really appreciated about this? Okay, I this won't necessarily be a question, but it might open up a conversation, I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I think, have been grappling with um, the idea of dating a privileged white male. <laughs> and I think there's some... Mm-hmm. I almost comment- spit my water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there is some commentary in this about how, like, Rylan really was this all-American, wealthy, like, he's a hedge fund manager. <laughs> when I was in New York, I worked for a, a hedge fund manager. I was a nanny for him, um, for their family. And so, like, just that whole world of, like, insane wealth, don't know what to do with wealth. Um, <laughs> yep. But, like, just... Rylan still and like Zoe often reflected on like I think there was one line I was I just flipped up into it when they were in the when they first met in the bar and she was like yes he's beautiful but like listening to him talk about how much he hated <laughs> the privileged like nature of his coworkers was a bigger turn on than anything else like his disdain for their privilege was everything and I was I it was just like okay so this is like a this is a very like pretty white boy, because <laughs> um, tip like I don't know I feel like typically in books you kind of a lot of authors will go for the like a little brooding a little dark like unsuspecting not necessarily unsuspecting but like not the the all American boy usually isn't I mean he obviously isn't necessarily Endgame but he was this great love for yeah. Zoe mm-hmm. and um and they truly did have this beautiful connection and this gut-wrenching heartbreak um but yeah so I just I don't I I think I saw so much of like this okay he's like yeah he's the white privileged boy but I think oh what was it it was um like she expected him to be vapid right she expected him to be (laughs) everything that she you know flicked her eyes up at and when he wasn't leaned in when she spoke and wanted to hear her and understand her and when he talked about his coworkers the way she would have talked about them. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that to her was a surprise, which, you know, you always want to create complex characters, which is why the brooding guy is obviously the go-to because, <laughs> yeah. you know, the bad boy. In the But but Zoe was the bad boy on the corner of mm-hmm. a WB triangle. I didn't need two of those. Right. And I knew Ezra was going to be this foil of being kind of cynical because he's not mm-hmm. cynical, but he's he's been recently hurt. Right. So there's there's a little bit of chest puffing there when you've been recently hurt. So I needed. I wanted her guy to be the guy that like, who, how could you not say yes to him? I did not want it there to be a, oh, you don't say yes to him because like, he's going to be the guy who like, you can't introduce to your friends because he's like, you know, got so opinionated on this and that. And he's, you know, the guy you can't introduce to mom. He's got tattoos everywhere. No, like that's Zoe. (laughs) Like Zoe Zoe is, Zoe is enough of her own person and, and enough of, I think Zoe I wanted Ryland's parents to look at Zoe the way we would look at the brooding guy of like, mm-hmm. ooh, I don't know mm-hmm. about him. Like she doesn't, that's, that doesn't seem, not we, but 
the way someone else might look at the brooding guy. I think Zoe was enough of a foil and enough of her own kind of person that I wanted Rylan to be so clean cut, right? So, mm-hmm. so not broody, so, so very open to the world. But it, in the, at the end, not really, right? At right. the end, he wanted, he wanted her exactly the way he wanted her. And by the way, she wanted him a certain way too. I'm not saying, mm-hmm. you know, I think when you finish this book, there's, you can probably come out and say, well, that, you know, he was wrong or she was wrong. And I, and I obviously think they both wanted each other in these very specific ways and they didn't yeah. align. Like neither, neither was actually totally wrong. I mean, I think hit both his and hers viewpoints could be construed as a little bit selfish in their own ways, but that's okay. It was because it was what was good for them. Right. 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 Um, so I, I think Rylan to me, I don't know why when I wrote it, she to me was, grappling with her own individuality so much that I wanted him to be someone she would have never run towards. Right. And when your cousins, mm-hmm. when your best friend said you up with their cousin, you're like, fine, I'll do it. It was no one she would have swiped right on, on an app. Right. Never. She would have right. seen that guy, you know, holding a lacrosse stick and been like super hot. I'd bang him. But <laughs> fuck no. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so on that, uh, did you, was there a moment where you, where you maybe considered like, her and Rylan being together at the end and one of them making a compromise, not necessarily Zoe making the compromise, right? Because yeah. th- at the end of the day, if you did make that comp- if she did make that compromise, she wouldn't have been happy and it wouldn't have done yeah. well. I think but the only, was, yeah, yeah, the only way was there it a moment was Rylan, right? Saying, yeah. I want to be with you any way I can have you. Right. Yeah. Um, that's the only way it would have worked for me. And it's weird to say halfway through writing it right. completely I, I knew mm-hmm. I knew where I wanted to go but you know it's funny right now and I'm not gonna give anything away but I just emailed my editor I'm like holy fuck I think I'm changing my ending of the book I'm in right now and that's very rare for me this one I really I just knew I knew who Rylan was I knew what he came from I knew that I knew mm-hmm. what was expected of him you want to be a senator you need a wife like I yeah and I didn't yeah. feel like he was strong enough to abandon that side of what he wanted and I mm-hmm. knew where Zoe was gonna go and I I knew it was where she needed to go and I wasn't going to let her abandon herself. And I, it's, and I didn't do this on purpose, but some of my favorite <laughs> books, movies, whatever it is, like they have, you know, sometimes they have heartbreaking endings and sometimes they make you sit, you know, um, uh, 500 days of summer is, is actually really mm-hmm. good. We were talking about rom-coms, it's a really good thing to talk about here because she told, this guy up front, exactly who she was, exactly what she right. wanted. He was really upset when, when she couldn't give him more at the end, right? Mm-hmm. And they shouldn't have been together. And it should have been this ambiguous kind of happy, unhappy ending. And, and I think for me, I knew the characters very well. And it, I wasn't, uh, I will say this, I do not have enough pride to where if I'd gotten to the ending and it felt wrong, I would have kept what I, where I wanted to go. I, mm-hmm. it, for me, it felt sad and it felt necessary. Um, mm-hmm. And that I think that's okay. Maybe maybe in the romance genre, it, it's jarring, and I um, and maybe I should have put more put more thought into how other people might be upset with me. But I do think if you read this and sit with it for a couple of weeks, your feelings toward it will become more of a happy ending than you thought mm-hmm. when you initially Absolutely. took in the heartbreak. Absolutely agree. Because their heartbreak is like, it's like a beautiful heartbreak. It's not for, they didn't break up for lack of love. They love each other so much, but they're just ultimately these different people who want different things. Which is the worst kind of breakup. 
right. worst. Yeah. When yeah. love is when love isn't enough, it's the worst kind of breakup, yep. right? Yeah. That moment when they were like swaying at the wedding, like mm-hmm. lightly dancing, and I think Zoe says like sometimes or like maybe love isn't enough or something like that, and I just kind of felt my heart fall from it was already in my stomach but it just fell all the way (laughs) the rest of the way out of my body (laughs) and because it was just like they both knew that they deserved a love where they didn't have to compromise on something that big but they felt secure right she would have felt secure waking up with a ring on her finger every day she would have felt exactly he wanted security to wake up with some and and i don't blame him and i don't blame her i think right exactly you know He's not really the villain of the story. And some people are like, fuck you, Rylan. I, he just, he wanted her well, he a certain wanted. way. Yeah. And that's, that's human, right? I don't, I don't think it makes him a villain. I think it just makes him human. And, and I do, I think like three months down the line, he would regret it probably, you yeah. know, when you show up <laughs> at her door. Maybe guys, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think the only part of Rylan that was, I, I considered villainous was just the whole situation with, the other woman yes. like Mara coming yes. in and yes. then him you know that proceeding was... to actively cheat on her and yep. use her that was that was like all right, that's all right. bad yep. <laughs> yeah that, that, was, that not... was bad that was, was bad good. <laughs> had to happen we had to have Mara or you just I had to have I yeah. had to have her personally mm-hmm. um and I feel like when men are hurt they are their resort to like their little child self you know yeah they, oh, absolutely yeah a rebound <laughs> real thing that's a real thing male mm-hmm. and female we have all done it we've all probably hurt someone you know who really fell for us when we were we had no business being with mm-hmm. you know no mm-hmm. business allowing them to um mm-hmm. and to bring her to a wedding as this like emotional kind of shield is was horrible it was absolutely yeah, it was that was villainous horrible and i loved that mara was that somebody that that wasn't that didn't deserve that right i didn't want yeah. to create mm-hmm. the very easy character of like this vapid kind of snotty person who we were rooting against it's not real life you know those people usually are really sweet and they get hurt in the process and absolutely yeah yeah it allowed us to say goodbye to rylan a little bit easier too just a little bit yes just a little just a little bit because without that you maybe are thinking oh my god like no couldn't they figure something out you know but Mm -hmm. i recall sammy texting me in all caps when she got to the part uh where rylan comes in with mara and she's like, he only met her two weeks after. Yeah, it was when we found out, like, oh, it was two weeks after mm-hmm. I, like, he tried to propose and he met her. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you joking? And, like, th- and then it was like, oh, this woman has no idea what happened two weeks before mm-hmm. they met. No idea they- he was engaged. Yep. No. Uh, or men, almost. Almost engaged. And Yes, exactly. And men are very, I mean... It depends on the relationship you had. Women would, you know, be the where Zoe was, right? Like having to crush the through, you know, having to, to take pills to get on a plane, having to, you know, wallowing mm-hmm. and crying. But men, they try to stitch up their things that happen to them emotionally by finding another warm body. It's just very, some men do, mm-hmm. not all men, mm-hmm. but it's, I mean, I think it was a very normal response, a very shitty response though. Like, yeah. yes. Yeah, and very hurt. Like, I don't think in his head he thought she loves me and she's saying no to me because she she's wrestling with something bigger for him. It was like everything I thought I was building with this person was a lie. And now I'm going to bring this emotional shield with me because I'm going to have to see this woman, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and the book didn't allow me to get into anyone's point of view, except Zoe's right. It was all, 
but it, it'd be very interesting to write that book from Rylan, not that I ever would, but from Rylan's point of view. <laughs> yeah. Um, to see, because I think I knew where, I didn't, I knew where his head was in bringing Mara and it was not a great place. He was not mm-hmm. in a great place, right. but he is the guy who stitches up any amount of, you know, insecurity or ego, whatever, with this, you know, a beautiful tailored suit and a tall gate and a smile. So, mm-hmm. you know, what, what wouldn't go well with that? Oh, Mara. Mara. <laughs> Mara's perfect for that. <laughs> exactly and i think that just fed on zoe's insecurities too when she saw mara and was oh. like oh she's the senator's wife yeah. I, she's the thing that i was not and yeah. his mom would actually like her yeah <laughs> and <laughs> did like her and uh so yeah that, that was just infuriating in that lobby of the oh yeah of the hotel oh. of the castle i was just like oh my god this is so <laughs> hard but it was, uh, yes very i would have to say very well done it was <laughs> you're like I'm still mad at you. Yes. Thanks so much. It but made me you. angry, so you did a good job. Exactly. <laughs> we can't we can't please everyone all the time. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And That's... we had to have a you know, so the villain here was kind of Zoe, right? The villain yeah. not Zoe, but her feelings and her you know, it wasn't Mar wasn't really the villain, but it added another layer of like, oh, how is this gonna ever work out for you two? Like how mm-hmm. you know, he's he's already rebounded. Like he's already brought right. someone here. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And look what you could have lost. Look what you lost. And now <laughs> look how easily found someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yikes. Sorry. <laughs> Sammy, do you have any other questions? I think I just want to ask a bit about Ezra yeah. and his role in this. We love just a handsome like, Irishman. Yes. He, yeah. yeah. I mean, he didn't have an accent. but No accent. But no still. accent. Still sure. born in Ireland. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this, and it kind of just gave this hope of like there, there's possibility for another love one day. And like, obviously we don't really get to explore much of what like something with another person or if that is Ezra could look like in the future. But it is yeah. just this like, okay, it wasn't just like, I can still have this connection. I could still build a connection in this like love with someone after Ryland. And I thought, I don't know, I also, 100%. I'm just such an enemies, yeah, I'm just such an enemies to lovers person. <laughs> and Best, best child ever. Best child ever. True, is. true, true. It Elite. is. It is. And so I just, and the way Ezra saw her too, I think also in a way, like they saw each other's pain in a way that Ryland didn't understand Zoe, I think. Yeah. And so that was really, it was cool to see. And it was like, okay, I kind of like this brooding asshole where you kind of have to unbutton a couple of his buttons to yeah. loosen him up a little yeah he was uh, you know the first draft i wrote they they still had that kiss they still, and i was trying to make it so it was much less flirtatious on her and meaning like you know when she sees him she's like you know i wish this jawline wasn't this way and these eyes were this way and all right. the, you know all this stuff and i i had that kind of missing and and when i went so so it would be more of a surprise when we got there and I also mm-hmm. didn't want the audience to think she while pining after Rylan, like in the middle mm-hmm. of the, you mm-hmm. know. And then I was like, oh, fuck that. Like, I, I have to be <laughs> honest to what she's singing as a woman. Like, we can hate someone and still be like, God damn it, their eyes are so pretty. Their jaws <laughs> yeah. are pretty, you know. When, when there's rain on their shirt, I can see through their chest. It's like, holy fuck. Um, and I loved Ezra. I think, you know, I, look, I, um, I had an ending to a marriage that was you know, without saying too much, it was not mm-hmm. great. Um, and from Ezra's point of view, I was, I have been there. 
I have been, I've attended a wedding of a family member right after, right in the middle of my divorce. I have been there to the, you know, of not, not where he is of wanting to destroy a wedding. That is not what I'm saying, but of the sort of like, how can I embrace this mindset while you're in so much pain? And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, he clearly, his heart was in the right place of never wanting his brother to feel that pain and knowing that this is, he should, brother should not be doing this six months, barely knows this person. There's some secrets happening. Like I, Mm -hmm. I, I loved having a character that was kind of the opposite of Zoe in a way of like, he was trying to do the right thing for his brother in the wrong way. Zoe was trying to do the right thing for her, for herself. And it it wasn't great for Hannah. You know, they both were not, they know they both were the worst bridesmaid, the worst groomsmen you could ask for. Um, (laughs) And they, and I, as someone who doesn't want marriage again, and as somebody who's, who actually, you know, where they have all that chemistry, like, why not? Right. Why wouldn't, and who sees her, right. Sees her, Mm -hmm. sees how weird, you know, she is and sees how, (laughs) how, you know, beautiful she is, sees all these things, the flaws in each other right from the start. Right. Mm -hmm. She was her acting like her worst self. He was acting like his worst self. Like when you show someone all your cards right away as in like, God, this is, this is not the best version of myself, but you also see the other side of me that is the good side mm-hmm. um I, I think that it's a weird foundation to build on but I was like there's a lot of chemistry there and these people could end up together I also like to give people hope and I, I just <laughs> say this like look Zoe and Rylan also had sex without a condom so you know just start know. thinking about yeah, who, who knows who knows Ooh. guys so mm. ah, <laughs> we'll say that would make for quite this sequel um i didn't even think about, I didn't that. Think about that either <laughs> i just want to make everyone go to bed happy at the end of the day if you need oh to tell yourself God. something to make yourself feel better if you really really love zoe and rylan together just um screaming <laughs> you're like internally screaming yeah um uh but i i ezra to me it's not that he was end game but i I fought with myself on whether that kiss should have happened. It, it felt natural to me. I'm sure for mm-hmm. some people it was probably very jarring, but she'd already broken up with Rylan once before. This one was more of a goodbye. Mm-hmm. Ezra was like, sometimes, you know, you can be hopeful and have heartbreak at the same time. And yes. he's just kind of this, this like a star in the sky, like a maybe, you know, and mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, and I think there was a, a great buildup of their like bantery kind of biting like friendship almost that like their relationship coming up anyway so i don't think it was like completely out of left field you introduced oh, no. a, yeah a, an enemy quote unquote right mm-hmm. in yeah. in a good point of the book to where we're like okay i can see where this is going mm-hmm. all right yeah. and we've been <laughs> trained enough to look <laughs> at the enemy as a potential love interest yes so yes. <laughs> when they yes. turn out to be just an enemy is when i get thrown off because i'm yes. like no wait no. <laughs> yeah. i'm like this is woman's fiction but like this is also romance and mm-hmm. you know we gotta we have to lean in a little bit and- a part of women's fiction is like love and that yeah. is still a part of life and yeah, god yeah. forbid women love love right yeah <laughs> yeah well it's it's built as a romance and i you know i think it's it's not the traditional happily ever after you're used to for me it it is a happily ever after for zoe um Mm -hmm. and it is a really big exhale for her at the end to really understand how she felt about something that thought she thought made her less than and i think that as a woman when you can stand up for something that you thought was a flaw same as same as hannah you know and her infertility like when you recognize that like for someone else you know for hannah like that's to have 
such shame in a place where she doesn't deserve to have shame, mm-hmm. right? And then to no longer have, not that she doesn't have it, but she's able to then express to the person she loves and get past it. And for Zoe to be able to express how she feels to the person she loves and have to get past it in a different way, that's still a happy ending, you know, mm-hmm. it, of their own selves. And then to have Ezra, to me, it was a happy ending. Like that is, that is a, it's not, it's not a happily ever after, but it is like a, a really, a maybe, you know, uh, yeah. who knows. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I only have one final question and then we can move on. Um, but what does literary success look like to you? Hmm. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> uh, I think people are responding. <laughs> that, was a to lot what... of, that was a lot yeah. of sounds from everybody. <laughs> Both of you responding to the book the way you did feels like a success to me. I think, um, I think when you can move someone, that's success in my opinion, um, when you get paid to write the success, mm-hmm. no matter, you know, it's a, a hard field. So I, I think that we need to stop putting these like the gold. I, I, I think getting a mm-hmm. book published is a success at all. Yeah. In and of <laughs> yeah. Itself. Um, and I, you know, as a screenwriter, it's not like, this is very new to me. Um, prose actually. And this world, I, you know, my goals have been so screenwriting based for so long and it's mm-hmm. just interesting um now to to be in this world and see it but i feel like moving people and having people identify with zoe and and identify with rylan and identify with hannah and like people read your book and feel something is a success and you know being able to have the book out in the world is a success to me mm-hmm. so i feel like beyond blessed we are extremely uh, excited to have you here today with us because this is this. When I read this, I was like, "Oh, this could be this could be big for sure." I had I had that special fuzzy feeling, oh. you know, when you read a book. I was like, "This is a uh, this is something else." I really like this one, so I'm. I, I think that like you will have all the successes with this book. It's, it's wonderful. And we're, uh, uh, you're, you've become an auto buy for me now as well. Oh so my gosh. We're, yes. we're excited for whatever else you put out. The love the triangle. Universe. I'll be looking love triangle. Oh yes. boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Buckle up. Yeah. Buckle up. You know, it's bad when I'm like, should I change my ending? That's when you know you've done a little too good a job on the love triangle. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, oh boy. Gosh. I love that. That just means that no one will be able to know which way it's going you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna do two different endings so I'm gonna pitch this one I'm gonna have two different endings and I'll just be like if you want this person go to (laughs) go get this should I do that I should do that yeah you could have two different colored like covers too like just invert the colors and then oh wait that's right and then you could buy you make people buy both too so it's double win you know what this is genius we've now we've done two (laughs) choose your own adventure romance um, we've cracked a code for sure it. oh my goodness <laughs> my editor will be thrilled i'm sure Two, yeah. twice twice <laughs> yeah. the work. can you imagine <laughs> yeah um so we usually do a section where we do favorite lines sammy did you mark any i had yes okay I have, okay um I, i've been we should have con- we should have said through. that before we had out <laughs> <laughs> it'd be so no. funny she's like no really no, nothing, no, no. nothing no i hated me. it no 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 yeah. i have I was this has all been a lie. <laughs> I was just taking a little time because I do. I have like twenty. Okay, I don't have a color system. I really need to change that, and I just pick a random color every time I like sticky something <laughs> in a book. So when we go to record, it's usually during the recording. I have to flip through to every one to see like which one was actually like my favorite line. Do you guys understand that I am just under Instagram, so I am just understanding. 
because I used to just underline stuff in books. And now I know that there are different colored tabs for different colored mm-hmm. things and they go sideways. And I'm like, this is the most genius system. I mm-hmm. yeah. And because as a writer, when you read something, you're like, God, I want to, I want to make sure I go back to that because that's inspiring <laughs> yeah. for me. I'm, this is genius. Like my world in the past three or four months has been turned upside down, understanding <laughs> book Instagram and like how, how you guys go about reading is so, no, it's like, I never read that way. And I highlight things in books and I've always written in margins, but like to be able to just put like pink there. And that means like there's sex or, or green, <laughs> and that means, and that means you know funny, like whatever ones. it is, whatever your mm-hmm. system is. I'm like, that is fucking genius. <laughs> that yeah. is genius. And now I need to buy these colored taps. Okay. Is what I'm saying. Sammy okay. and I are both Virgos, but I'm the like color coded. Oh. Sam's organized. got like five, Virgos. six Virgos in her yeah. horoscope I'm like or whatever. Virgos. Rylan was definitely a Virgo, by the oh, way. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Definitely a Virgo. <laughs> uh, I'm like, I like sent Sammy stickies for Christmas because I was like, whenever we do our segment where we have favorite lines, sometimes she'll just write down the page number or you'll flip through. And you're yeah. like, that's that is not how we do things. No, and, not- I, and I'll do the hang on one second. I know it's on this page. Like, let me find it really yep. quick. And I'm like, and- I'm like, okay, well, when I'm editing the podcast later and I have to cut that's out five annoying. minutes of quiet sound because you're like, <laughs> oh, it's so uh funny. it's that part where you um it's, it's um it's right, somewhere. it's uh yeah, I'm like, okay, come on. <laughs> You're I've gonna, learned my gonna, lesson. Yeah, you're gonna Amazon me the link to to the it, proper. I will. I have a bunch of really like. I okay, literally good. sent them to Sammy the other day too. Yeah, yes. I ran out. Good. <laughs> Anyways, I had like twenty in here, so I was flipping through just now to like go through them and see like okay, which one was actually my favorite. I don't have a system yet. I don't have the colors. I just kind of pick whatever color speaks to me in the moment, which doesn't work. I'm still I'm still building on my system, okay? But I think it was early on, page 25. Um, it was, there was comfort in knowing that by coloring outside the lines, I was in control of where I wanted my pen. And it was not where someone else told me to put it. I like that. Yeah, that was in that was in the original short story, and that was my <gasps> agent's favorite line. Oh my god! Uh huh. That's so fun. I love you. Um, I have one on one twenty seven. There should be a rule that a man who breaks your heart can can supersede you only with someone less attractive. This <laughs> yeah. should be an addition to the Bill of Rights. No man, <laughs> no right for a man to move on with someone hotter. <laughs> I agree so much. It's, I agree it wholeheartedly. Doesn't make, it doesn't make us feminists, but it's true. Okay, it's true. Yeah, so. It's completely true. It's you know, it's complicated to be a woman. Yeah, we, uh, we we have our egos, you know. <laughs> I also liked on page one fifty six when a man tells a woman to relax. It is the verbal equivalent of extinguishing a brush fire with gasoline. Yes. <laughs> I dated this guy who oh, I no. broke my leg, and he was like, "Relax." Like, my leg is fucking <gasps> broken. And I was like, this, and he, it was his favorite word to use was relax. And I was like, this can oh, old, this, yeah, no, it was not. It was, so that, that's a nod to him. <laughs> that's, a, that's a nod to him. But it is, like, there's no woman who's ever made to feel better when someone just looks at them and says relax. Like, Truly. never. It's Truly. never happened. And when a man does it, it's like, there's so many work. other things you can say. Like, you know, we're going to get, you're going to get through this. How can I help? Like, how can I help? How can I help is better mm-hmm. than relax. Relax mm-hmm. is just like, are you okay? What do you okay? need? Yeah. Tell me what relax you Relax is like, you, you, do you think that I, all I needed someone else to do was to tell me to relax? <laughs> and that that's like what my body needed because I couldn't get there. 
clearly I'm not there on my own, but thank you so much for telling me where to go. Now I will go there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the only thing hearing relax makes me want to do is now I've, I've put that energy towards you that whatever the negative exactly. energy is, yeah. is now it's all it. on you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was, I also, I really liked to, um, it was when they go to um, Aspen or Lake Tahoe, Lake Tahoe in their meeting. She's meeting the family and Ryland's mom is a <laughs> great a bitch to her. Um, and she, Zoe gets angry and she like kind of yells at Ryland like, no, get angry with me. Yeah. And I, because I've just been exploring that and like that kind of connection you feel you want that support and like when you feel most supported is when someone is feeling something with you like mm-hmm. they know you so well and they understand and they care about you so much that like when you're angry they're angry yeah. for you like yes. they they feel those feelings for you and that is like that just lightens you so much even in like the darkest moments of like knowing you're not alone in your feelings and especially in that case it was like uh worst thing men who can't stand up to their fucking mothers and that's where men and that's (laughs) where and that's where i mean i don't know i have very few females i can count on where men have a really easy job setting a boundary with their mother or recognizing when their mother is being rude it's like Mm -hmm. it's a very big blind spot for men um Mm -hmm. and i think it you know like all you want is for someone to step in your shoes and be like if someone did that to you would 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 that feel good there mm-hmm. and when you love someone or you're in love with someone and you're not you know at that point you know she doesn't know they haven't said i love you yet it's like is he not can he not see that i'm in pain right yeah mm-hmm. not, mm-hmm. you know it, and that's a you know if you can't if you're kind of deciding whether or not you're in love with someone or they're in love with you and they can't tell when you're in like deep pain that's that's, that's not a big great. tell yeah. yeah and it's like you know if 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 one of the um not likable men in your life can stand up to someone because they're treating their partner like shit, then I feel like you should also be, anybody should also be able to at least defend and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. help out <laughs> their yeah, partner. It's, it's, when... it's so like, if you're not, you know, what's happening, if you're not angry, you're not paying attention, right? Exactly. So mm-hmm. that, and that's a bigger, you know, that's the very good line for now you know for for the state of the world right now and i think zoe wants to be with someone who's really paying attention Mm -hmm. Um, absolutely absolutely do you have another one sammy you can go next um another line yeah because i I have like three more i think oh okay um (laughs) i mean i have gosh i'm gonna have to flip back through i just focused on one anyways okay 303 i think Mm -hmm. i think i'm this is gonna be my last one this is just um I feel it's like kind of a thing a little bit on self-worth and this like Mm. voice that kind of creeps into your head. Um, But it was when she finally kind of came full circle and she's like, I knew I was worth moving mountains for. I had always known it. But when the world tells you you're difficult, at some point, a little voice creeps inside and you start to ask yourself, am I the mountain? Am I Mm -hmm. the very thing standing in my own way? Yeah, that was. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we've all felt that. Yes. Or at least I have. I have. Because <laughs> well. I wrote it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, I I really loved Hannah and Graham. Yeah, I like I think too. there's a there's an immediate reaction to be wary when people are getting married without knowing each other for very long. Mm-hmm. Uh but there's 
their relationship is so lovable. It really yes. is. That you're Great like, word I, can, for it. I can feel it. I can feel the connection that is there. And I really loved on page 208 when Hannah's talking about Graham. She says, Graham sat next to me on the plane. And at some point during our conversation, I realized that I was more myself than I'd ever been with another man before. And I had known him for only an hour. We fit with... We fit without a fight as if we were made to understand each other. I think that if I'd never met him, I'd have spent every possible day cleaning, clinging to the hope that someone like him wasn't possible. Because if I knew a man like him existed, it would have made settling impossible. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how I feel about my partner. So, <laughs> so I was like, oh, that made me – I, I related to that a lot. And – yeah, And I think having Hannah also have no doubt, right, that that yeah. is her human, at, you know, is a great foil for Zoe, who's not, who just has doubt about the finality of it all. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Not, not, no doubt that Ryland's, that she loves him deeper than she possibly could, but doubt about that idea of my person, of that one human forever. And so yeah. I, for me, it was super important to have Hannah be so emphatic about Graham and for Graham to be so emphatic about her and to create this very loving you know relationship between two people that you also wouldn't have you know on the surface put together right he's got these little tattoos he's got this hippy dippy family she's also you know from Mm -hmm. like you know a very uptight kind of background and and so I think I just I loved them instantly and I obviously they were not my most explored couple because you know our point of views weren't in either of their heads but it's I adore Mm -hmm. them like adored them Mm -hmm. as did we Yes. And my last line was just in your uh, author's note, like your acknowledgments. To all the complicated women who love the sides of themselves that others might not understand from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And I was like, that's so cute. (laughs) So cute. (laughs) Also, because there wasn't, there was not an acknowledgments in the arc that I got. So I was like, oh, fun. This is cute to look through. And then I was like, aw. Well, ain't that sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was, it, you know, I, the, the acknowledgments and the final is is long and like every human I've ever met is pretty much in there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> your first book, so you're like you know I kind of acknowledge people even who had just gotten me through a divorce because I think that yeah you know the people who'd been there for me you know I'm I'm now like five years past and it's it's I'm in a very different place but you know mm-hmm. being able to sort of find your career amongst you know restarting so much of your life there's. I don't think women, I, I didn't do it alone. Right. So mm-hmm. it was, um, and I, you know, I look at a lot of my girlfriends struggling right now and who, you know, feel like they're not exactly where they should be or there's something wrong with them because they feel this way. And, and it's, um, you know, I think that there's just so much power in embracing just who the fuck you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and we make the world, world a better place for it when we're open and honest about that. So we don't feel like we're alone. Yeah, right? absolutely. So. Um, okay, so our last segment is on songs that remind you of the book. So I believe we're just going to throw some out there, and yeah, you have it. to say yes or no. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so I think, wh- I don't know, Sammy, you want to go first? I know you well, have a good one. I know I do. Well, so we were texting about it yesterday, yeah. and I was like, I have to pick a good song, and it has to be Taylor Swift. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, yeah I should have prefaced. They're all, all of mine are Taylor Swift. They're all just, not for the, like, Obviously, you're a Taylor Swift lover, and it was like the Red album and the Lover album were mentioned uh, throughout the book. But I think throughout, like on our podcast too, multiple times, I think we've said, I literally think there's a Taylor Swift song for every book. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you just take the time to think about it. And yeah. so for me, I was like, 
going through some songs and I was like, okay, I think I'm going to settle on the one. Um, and Mm -hmm. it was just the, like, she's confident. She's happy. She's go like, like right off the bat, like I'm on some new shit, like I'm doing okay. But like, it would have been fun if you would have been the one. Mm -hmm. And it was, I just, I, yeah, that was my pick. I think that was a really good one. When you said that, I was like, damn, I wish I thought about that. Yeah, that's really fucking good. And I think alternatively, mine that I think I can almost counter to Sammy's I was thinking about it last night is Champagne Problems. Yeah, there it yeah. Is. yeah. <laughs> I think that there one just really encompasses the the whole beginning of the book specifically too. It was mm-hmm. truly wild, and those are both like actually perfect. And it was wild to write the manuscript and be on line edits. And the line, the, I would say, the edits weren't super drastic, um, but mm-hmm. I was on line edits and. So I wrote the manuscript with Lover and the original Red Album playing on repeat. And then the line edits <laughs> were for folklore. And mm-hmm. then Ev- and Evermore came out during proof. Like, I think I was proofing it at that time. So it was, I couldn't, and it was so insane. When I heard folklore, it was mm-hmm. like, the one was obviously very um, felt, you know, very big to this. And then when I heard I was doing the proofs and heard um, champagne problems for the first time. It was like, Jesus Christ, (laughs) when they, when they make this a movie, uh, we could just put that in like wherever. (laughs) That is the soundtrack for it. (laughs) That song on repeat. Well, it was just so, it it was so how she probably thought about herself for, you know, how Zoe probably felt through the you know the midpoint of the entire book right yeah like, I'm fucked in the head and mm-hmm. would have made such a lovely bride and you know yeah uh, uh, it was to me like yeah yeah, yeah, very, yeah. yeah i just pictured her on the plane just like with that song just blaring absolutely um, absolutely yeah so it would have yeah. felt so seen by taylor swift wow. so absolutely seen. and the one is <laughs> yeah the one is like it would have been fun if you were the one like i think that you know you can look at those lyrics and they can be almost a shrug at the end, right? For yeah. Her, mm-hmm. in le- exactly. You know, in the, you know, in the beginning. Credits are rolling. Yeah. And it's dev- It's like the most devastating lyrics, actually. But mm-hmm. the way she sings them in that song, it doesn't feel it's as- just like Champagne it's okay. Problems is darker. Champagne yeah. Problems yes. is like gut-wrenching because yeah. that to me felt like the man was Rylan. It, like when I heard that mm-hmm. song, I identified the most with Rylan yeah. when I heard that song, almost less than with Zoe in a weird way where I was just like, Oh, you have broken this poor guy who's, you know, <laughs> you know his grandmother's ring or whatever it was. Like, yeah. Just, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's worse than it's a family cringe. heirloom. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my, two perfect songs. My yeah. runners up were I Almost Do from Red. Mm. Uh, sad, beautiful, tragic. Also yeah. from Red. You see a pattern here. <laughs> I see. And um, just because speak, speak now is my personal favorite album, so I was thinking Last Kiss is a good one too. Oh, mm. mm-hmm. that's a those good those those were the runners up. Yeah, the Speak Now has my entire heart. So yeah, I I'm like, I'm waiting for that re-release. I cannot wait. I like <laughs> and I yeah. You know, for me, I actually thought um, like there's a lot of Zoe that was the bad guy in the Red Album, right? In her mm-hmm. own head, like you know. The song read itself, like, you know, loving him is like driving a new Maserati down a dead end street. That's Zoe's mm-hmm. the, the dead end street. You know, she's, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you could just gender swap that and and be in Ryland's head for that song. So it was right. kind of interesting. Um, Absolutely. 
and there's a line in the book where is it where she literally says like i am the guy taylor swift warns us yeah. about <laughs> yeah oh it was i was every guy taylor swift had warned us about i was the bad boy corner of a wb triangle rylan had called in reinforcements as mara amara shield yeah yeah, yeah. i like yeah she's I also, the heartbreaker right yeah mm-hmm. I mean, we're not used to our woman being the heartbreaker right um, mm-hmm. yeah so <sighs> but that being said if rylan just was like totally cool with playing it zoe's way they no one's heart would have been broken yeah Um, if he if he could have just you know it's it's a ring and a piece of paper at the end of the day i don't know that's that i think that's what was frustrating about rylan's the uh stance there towards the end because like you said he wanted her in a specific way Mm-hmm. These are yeah. these are the circumstances in which I will have you, and without them, I won't. So, and for him, it might be frustrating because it is just a ring too, and it means so mm-hmm. much to him. But it's just a, you know, it, for both of them, there's a stubbornness there. But yeah, they, it both changes how they look at their future, and for her, right. it was suffocating, and for him, it was liberating. Right. And yeah. I think that you know, we all have things that there's. I'm claustrophobic sometimes. It makes no sense, right? But if the person I was with was like, I literally. I'm my happiest when I'm in a cave. Like that would not be a good, you know, that we could not live in a cave together. Um, right. So I think it's just about being with someone at their best and Ryland's best would be with someone with a ring on his finger. Zoe's best would be knowing that she gets to choose to wake up with that person every day without the constraints because constraints mm-hmm. make her feel like she can't see past herself. You know, she likes right. wide, she's a Dixie chick song. She likes wide open spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I also listened to that song on repeat. Um, <laughs> on fucking repeat, I was writing it. So, or chicks, so chick song, I should say, chicks. That's chicks, so yes. funny. Yeah. Um, well, on that note, um, I'm getting married next month. And oh my Sammy, God. Sammy, you better be good luck, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I've never been in a wedding, so I don't I know don't what my I don't think I actually like, asked you to, we're eloping with my parents and my grandparents, oh. and, like, Sammy and one of my other friends, because we've just, we've just wanted to do it for a while. Anyways. You just um, got engaged. Did you just get engaged? We did just get engaged. In a, a bookstore? Been... Did I? Yes. Yeah, yes. I mean, yes. my God. Posed in the like... romance aisle. Your book was actually very, it was in that aisle, and it was very oh, close to where God. we were, and I thought, that's funny. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, the picture you want to take, though, like, when you get engaged. You don't want to look bad like Bridesmaids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you, you get the vibe. I mean, <laughs> coincidentally, there was also that uh, alien porn book. The, yeah, Ice the, Planet Barbarians. <laughs> Planet Barbarians was right above his head, and I was like, well. <laughs> well so we're going to do some reshelving for a moment. Yeah. Before I, we I guess pictures. we'll deal with it uh, later. Um, yeah. Uh, but I guess I never formally asked you to be my bridesmaid, but you get the gist, right? I assume since I'm one of two, two? people <laughs> there. Yeah, so you're not uh, going to send her a puzzle in the mail that has a picture from me above. I can, said, well, but will it will get be there before next month? Who knows? Feels uh, like you should formally ask her on this podcast. Yeah, so yeah. We can uh, this is me it. formally <laughs> asking you. I'll send you a bottle of champagne or something. Okay. I would okay. love to be your bridesmaid. Oh, cool. Oh, this is so cute. Good. And nothing bad's going to go wrong now. So nothing. It's nothing. Gonna be- Knocking we- on some wood right now. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, uh, any any further remarks before we wrap it up? This is my favorite thing. You guys are... This is awesome. This is way better than being streamed at by my two children on a Saturday. This is just hey. having people say they love my writing and being able to talk about that. <laughs> Take it as Swift an ego boost. Yeah. It is an ego boost, but it's so amazing when people are really thoughtful with, with how they read the book and, you know, the topics that they want to talk about. And so for me, this was this was really wonderful to be able to talk to I'm both glad. of you. To yeah, Sam think- and Sammy. 
Of course. It was so nice to talk to you. I think Sam and I did all the AP English stuff in, um, we're very much <laughs> a Zoe, like the humanities lights our soul on fire mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how to not read a book without analyzing everything, <laughs> which yeah. is great for a book podcast. It works. So yeah, it, it's thought, thoughtful readers are the best. And the people yes. who want to just blow through a romance, which, you know, there's some that I do, I think this might be a hard one to do that with. So yes. um, yeah. You know, and I'm sure for some people who were looking for like just super light romance, this was like, why did this trip me up? Why was, yeah. why did this, why, you know, this is not I, what I signed up for. Yeah. I'm in yeah. pain. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was be, taken completely off guard. Should when be I a disclaimer. It's like, you think it might look cute, gonna, gonna cause you pain later. It's yeah. that cartoon cover. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. And it's such it's a beautiful so cute. Cover I love too. the cover. It's so yeah, cute. I love the cover. It's so That's cute. why I picked it as an arc. This is my this is my way of picking art, arcs on NetGalley. Cute cover? Okay. I, yeah, mean, the, I won't even look at what it's about. I just go, okay. That's, and that's, it used to say great. on the cover, well, the, the first yeah. draft mm-hmm. of it was, this is not a rom-com, you've been yeah. warned. And I felt like, I guess they marketing etc felt like it might be negative and it's really hard to go out with the book when you have a negative you know <laughs> thing on the cover I was like I actually think it's like very it, it actually like might be <laughs> maybe important if we ever redo reprint re- it it might not be the worst idea to put the, yeah. it is a rom-com but it it it, it is and it isn't so I, I think mean, also yeah. the benefit of not having any guys on the cover Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, yeah. also lends itself to being more of like about her. Romantic. Yeah, and exactly. I, that was a very big like when they're like, "How do you see the cover? What do you think?" I was like, "It's only her on the cover. Like, mm-hmm. if we're gonna do an illustration, it's her. It should not be the guys. Like, that's this yeah. is book isn't about them. Um, yeah. About her. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So. I love that. Okay. Well, I think that's where we're gonna leave it for this episode. Awesome, Allison. We want to thank you favorite. so much for. Of course, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Other projects, your socials, etc. Oh, uh, you can follow me at Allison.Greenberg on Instagram, and you can follow me on Allison Greenberg at Twitter, and buy and read Bad Luck Bridesmaid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I guess if you made it to the end of the podcast, it's probably like all spoiled for you. So definitely, um, definitely you have to read it anyway yeah um, it's still worth yeah. it yes yeah i think so i think stay tuned stay tuned for the next one yes Woo! Woo! Hell yeah. yeah let it let us know we will uh we'll read arcs if you if you need if you oh, need done, pre-read done. Pre-read yes. whatever, you know? just, done just done. saying uh, before we part we just like to thank you for listening if you enjoyed this episode i encourage you to leave a review on whichever platform you're listening on if applicable if you have any further questions regarding topics discussed throughout the episode feel free to join our hardcover hose discord server via the link in the show notes or send us an email at hardcoverhosepod at gmail.com feel free to recommend books to cover in future episodes as well as always i am sam dixon i'm sammy scorstad and this has been an episode of hardcover hose if you enjoyed this listening experience and you'd like to follow uh, follow along with us next time the next books on our to be read list are the crescent city novels by sarah j mass until we meet again enjoy your reading